Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Come on. Everyone ready? This is the SEC Insider Hit. Presented by your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Go local. Go with a home team. All right. Uh, Mississippi State basketball is in the big dance. Playing game tomorrow night against Pitt, Dayton, Ohio. And then their baseball team has won five in a row. So we welcome in Charlie Winfield, ESPN plus SEC network calls a ton of games, uh, basketball and baseball. And Charlie Winfield joins us on the farm bureau insurance guest line. Charlie in October, I did not think that Jans and the basketball team would even make the NIT much less, uh, punch their ticket to the big dance. Uh, where did you stand in around mid football season with this team? Oh, heck, October. How about February? Uh, a team that, you know, you look back over the month of January, you lose eight of nine. I don't think I've ever seen a team get up off the mat like this one. And I think it speaks a lot to the job that Chris Jans has done. To turn it around, man, that's really difficult in college basketball to come out of a skid like that and not just play well, but then to make a run for the tournament. I think it says a lot for the staff and a lot about the guys on the team. No doubt. All right, so they're elite on defense, and they can't really throw it in the ocean on offense unless they go through Tolu, you know, down low. But yet, Charlie, they, you know, their spacing, they're, they're, they're unselfish, which uh, we've all watched some Mississippi State basketball teams under Hallen and Stansberry that didn't have that component. So they're a little bit better on offense maybe than they're given credit for. But the bottom line is Pitt and Jeff Capel, Capel was getting fired. He turned it around. This is a veteran-laden team, and they love to shoot the three. State's going to go through the post and then maybe see what they have after that. Um, Who are you looking to step up outside of Tolu? I think ultimately it's going to have to be a, a Rams Davis or a Shaq Moore because somebody is going to have to knock down a three-point shot for Mississippi State to get the win. 
the now there, there's two things that jump out at me about this game. The first thing is Mississippi State, as you say, likes to they're most effective inside the arc. Pitt was a top three team in the ACC defending inside the arc. We'll get a lot of open three point looks, and there'll be a reason for that. They're going to dare us to knock them down, and so somebody is going to have to do that. That's why I look to those guys, and maybe even a Shaw Jones. If I'm sitting in Pittsburgh right now, I'm worried about. I think it gets lost on some people how different the scheme that Mississippi State plays is defensively, where that second guy comes from in terms of providing the double team. If I'm in Pitt, I'm thinking, man, we only got 48 hours to get ready for this. So I I think if there's something that neutralizes the advantage, I think we have the advantage of them having less time to prepare for a scheme that's difficult to prepare for. We have the disadvantage of this is a team that can really defend in the post. And so it's, I think to me, those are going to be the two storylines. Did you see Blake Henson transferred up there from Ole Miss? Yeah, and he's done okay, hadn't he? Yeah. Uh, he's done better than okay. I think he's averaging over 16 a game, and he's uh, he's going to be be a challenge. But, man, you're right, Bo. I, I want to tag on to one thing you just said about Jeff Capel. This guy was de- a dead man walking. I mean, he hadn't been over 500 in four years, and fans were irate that he was coming back. I think it shows sometimes we give athletic directors credit for getting rid of people. Sometimes they deserve some credit for hanging in there with a guy. And I, the decision to keep him at Pitt was a really good one. Yeah, the, you. I know you've looked at it. They're loaded with graduate transfers, juniors and seniors. So this is a this is a veteran laden team, and and the dogs will will have their hands full, but they can obviously win. And I think the lines one and a half state. So it's basically um, a pick 'em tomorrow night. I think it's it could be one of the best first year coaching jobs in the history of Mississippi State. Oh, absolutely! And look, I, this whole staff has done such a good job. But the thing that jumps out at me is the way that Christians is in many ways a throwback to a style of basketball that is very difficult the play of today's game. You think about it, you look around our league and you see teams at Arkansas and Alabama and these places where it's like the goals just score 100, never mind what they do. The the whole, uh, what was the Hal Mummy line, you know, let them score so we can get the ball back. <laughs> There's a certain element to that. And this is a guy who came in and did the exact opposite. It's, I mean, that's a tough sell, but he found the right pieces to go along with it. You think of a guy like a Cam Matthews, you think of even Tolu, I mean, getting a guy like Tolu, what's the old saying? Old dogs can't learn new tricks. He took some guys who'd been around and got them to do something they haven't done before, which is really dig in on the defensive end. I, I think Mississippi State fans, I don't see how you could be more optimistic than they are right now about where this thing is going. Yeah, you make a great point. I think you hit on something there. The DJ Jeffries and Tolu's and guys that have been around bought in. I don't know how Jans did that starting last August all the way through. And then, like you said, they went through the rough. Well, they they, they start off 11-0, and 0, and then they lose 8-9. It's a crazy deal. And then they started winning again. Charlie Winfield on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Um. All right, let's switch gears to baseball. We've had we've already had several meltdowns this year within the fan base, and 
there's still a major work in progress, but give Lamonis and the players and the staff credit. They've now won five in a row. What was your takeaway from the last five games, Charlie? Well, they pitched it better. You, you come into the weekend, you give up two, three, and four runs, and then you saw guys start to go deeper in ball games. You saw Durangelo go six innings, and then in game two of the series, the first game on Saturday, Landon Gartman gives you six good innings as well. And to me, I thought the pitching. But then the other side, I think it's kind of a team that uh, had a lot of areas it could improve in, and it started to do that incrementally in everything. He had 18 hits in 17 innings of play on Saturday. And you did that against a team who you know, a lot of people are going to look and say, well, who's Lipscomb? Well, Lipscomb took two out of three from Notre Dame to start the year, took two out of three from Illinois Chicago, which is a really good baseball program, and should have taken two out of three at Auburn. It's a pitching staff. Lipscomb's hitters aren't necessarily that strong, but pitching-wise, they are – a they're an SEC quality pitching staff because they've got a lot of transfers and they've got some guys who've been around. So I thought the bats coming alive, some guys finding the power um, and boy, talk about power Ross Highfield. Wow. Home runs in one game. Uh, so pretty good start for him in game two. What do you think is going to happen at third base with what Chris did four games ago with, with Mershon and, and Slade Alford? How do you see that playing out? You know, Mershon has such a high upside that I know the coaching staff is really excited about him. So I would be a little bit surprised if we don't see him be given an opportunity to stick there. Uh, Then again, we also know it's really tough to hit as a freshman, no matter how talented you are in the SEC. Um, Alford didn't play a ton last year, but he's been around. I think everybody's going to get their chance again. I think Alford's going to get another turn. The key for Alford right now, obviously you'd like to see him hit a little better, but he's got to uh, just clean it up defensively. Six errors has been the thing, and Alford's a good fielder. I think it's just gotten in his head a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're going to see a little bit of back and forth, and as you think through this week in the midweek where you've got Nichols in Louisiana, wouldn't shot me if they don't split the starts down there. By the way, since we're talking about NCAA basketball a minute ago, Bob Marlin, who is the head coach at Louisiana, has his team in the tournament. Mississippi State grad, graduated in 1981. I did not know that. Yeah, he's won, I think, seven, eight conference championships down there, been down there 13 seasons. So there's another March Madness connection. Okay. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, 
It is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. What When you look at what's playing out on the mound for Mississippi State and they did pitch it better, uh, I don't... <sighs> I think they're far from settled on the rotation, but you got to have one going into Kentucky. But I think there could still be a lot of ebb and flow here. What do you see? Yeah, I think there absolutely can. You don't know when Kate Smith is going to be back, when Parker Stinnett's going to be back. We did see Casey Hunt come in, finish out a game uh, in the second game on Saturday. I think the the big question is going to be that middle game. I think Bartman has locked in that Sunday game, and he's the perfect Sunday guy. Throws four pitches. He's very different style than the other guys. Doesn't throw as hard, but he mixes it up really well. You'd like to think Gerangelo is going to kind of grab hold of that Friday game. He's looked good so far, and they've started extending him out. He went 100 pitches, which I think 70 with one arm, 30 with the other. The middle game, yeah. I would. I actually thought there was a really good chance we'd see Nate Dome start that middle game, but mm-hmm. you end up having to to use him. And so, I, in relief, I think Dome is going to be one of those guys that will start him if we haven't used him, kind of thing. Um, but then you wonder where's Bradley Lofton in his development? Can he keep the walks down? And if he can, does he become that guy? And, hey, look, Graham Itama pitched well this weekend, too. He had one rough outing, but he's been good the other times out. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a revolving door in that one spot. Okay. So are you surprised Gerangelo's getting this shot on the weekend before Lofton? Not necessarily, only in the sense because Gerangelo just hasn't walked, guys. He is. He's kept his. I think he's walked eight. Lofton's walked about twice that many in the mm-hmm. same number of innings, and so I think with a pitching staff right now, particularly if we look at somebody to go out there to start the series on a Friday, Ron Polk used to say all the time that hitting is contagious. I'm convinced that strike throwing is too, to some degree, and I don't know that you can afford to put somebody out there game one and watch guys walk. I think you need somebody. It's going to fill up the strike zone, and so I look. Lofton will be that guy. He, he, he Lofton's. This is a top one-two round pick when this thing's right. all said and done. So I don't. That's not a commentary on where they're going. It's a commentary just on where things are and what the need is. So not terribly surprised from that regard. Uh, and the other thing is, look, Lofton gives you a real advantage. In the midweek, those games still matter. They still add up. You can't afford to lose those games because of the way that the strength of schedule and RPI and all those things play into it. And we can go back several years where in the midweek, it's been nine different guys, everybody gets an inning. Lofton takes some pressure off your off your pitching staff by eating up some even in the midweek. Uh, Charlie Winfield on the Out of Bounds show and the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Mississippi State back on the winning track with five in a row. 
and they've got a couple in Biloxi, and then and then they'll go to Lexington, Kentucky this weekend. Uh, all right, I just it, it's Cade Smith, Pico Con, and who was the third one you mentioned? That yeah, Parker Stinnett. We haven't it. seen, and then we haven't seen Aaron Nixon, who is the the transfer, the really good closer who transferred from Texas. We think we'll see Nixon back here in another week or two. And the others, I, I just don't know. We'll kind of wait and see with everybody else. Hmm. Okay. Don't you think that if Pico Khan comes back, if he can, being a lefty and some of the things that he could do last year, he could benefit the, the staff and the team? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's one of the things I think Mississippi State's still trying to figure out is who's going to be that lefty out of the bullpen. That's one of the things that moving Eichema into the starting lineup impacts because you thought he might be that guy. Uh, Tyler Davis has been up and down in that role. And look, here's the thing. Pico, man, he had a lot put on him as a freshman last year. There were a lot of games in really tough spots where it was, look, man, we know you did it yesterday. We know you did it the day before, too. We get it. You're tired to head on back out there because you're all we got. Mm-hmm. There's, some, there's some value to having a few miles on the tire sometimes. And I think Pico... Um, once, if he can come back, I think that experience factor will help him a lot. Would you be surprised to see Cade Smith pitch for them this weekend? Or would you, if you had to call it, you would say maybe at Vanderbilt the next week at home for Lamonis? I, I, I don't know. I would not be surprised to see him pitch a little bit. Of course, he's been out a while. So if we do see him, I w- would expect to see him an inning here, an inning there type thing and then kind of round his way back into form as it goes. So my best guess is a couple of weeks. Okay. How do you think that, I asked you this last week, but how do you think Lamonis will continue to balance Highfield, Hancock, Hines, and maybe even Bryce Chance? Or you'll just continue to kind of see what they're, what he's been doing, try to get him as many innings slash ABs as he can. I think you're going to have a real good chance as this thing goes forward to seeing Ross Highfield go from catching the middle game to maybe catching the games and and maybe not catching the middle game, so to speak, pitching the pitching the other two. Because the thing that Highfield has done is he's been improving defensively. Now, his arm is really good. He's been improving in terms of receiving which is also obviously catching it is the first job of the catcher, right? And he's, he did it, caught a really clean game this weekend, and his bat's undeniable. The guy got, what, eight extra base hits out of his 13 hits on the season. So he is, he is hitting it really hard and with some power. And I think ultimately, I guess that's a good problem to have. It's one of those spots where he's going to have to make some decisions of how he shifts things around. You talk about Bryce Chance. The guy's leading the team and hitting by 20-something points. Good I don't know grief. that anybody saw it coming. But he's hitting 373, and he's hit for some power too. So, you know, uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about who's going to hit in the three spot. And I didn't think it would be Bryce Chance, yeah. but <laughs> he's just getting the job done. Okay, so Dakota Jordan – was the buzz, even though Highfield was was highly coveted and 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 MLB was there and and so on. Um, you got four guys that you just named. I think one's a redshirt freshman and and Chance, but you have three true freshmen 
in Highfield, Dakota, and Mershon. Is that too many? That could I know Dakota may not be in the lineup every day, and Highfield too, and maybe even Mershon. Let's say they're in though seventy percent of the time. Are you relying too much on true freshmen and a redshirt freshman? Yes, but it's just kind of where you are. Here's the bright spot. Here's the good news, and I'm going to sound like a, a New Orleans Saints fan from years ago of the wait till next year. This is a team that has a chance to compete this year, but once the last out of this season is recorded and you roll into next year, all of a sudden you're the veteran team. All of a sudden you're the guy with that loaded sophomore class. And so it's there's going to be some days in the SEC, which the competition is elite, where they're going to look like freshmen. But all those experiences, I think, are going to go a long ways towards getting Mississippi State back where it wants to be in baseball by giving them a chance to be the team with the experienced sophomores next year. Mm -hmm. With Dakota Jordan, it looks like he's pressing, scuffling a little bit. That's exactly what it seems like to me. Dakota Jordan's talent is, is unquestioned. He was the best player we had in the fall. He was really good in the early spring. And I told somebody yesterday, well, keep in mind, the guys played 12 games. You know, 12 games in Major League Baseball is two weeks. It's a, it's a little slump. In college baseball, where the sample size is much smaller, the season's shorter, everything gets magnified a little bit more. But you've seen glimpses. Here's the, the good news about Dakota Jordan. You say, well, the bad thing is he struck out 12 times. Well, the good thing is he's walked 10. And so you're seeing a guy who's maybe pressing a little bit but there's there's a lot more good there too than I think some point. people are immediately noticing. Okay, what hey, you've called a ton of games this year, and you've called the last four, the midweek and all three over the weekend. What am I missing? What am I not at? Well, I, you know, two guys that, I mean, Amani Larry, good grief, and um, so, you just nailed it. You you just nailed it. I'd say there's two things. Obviously, Ledbetter's been a nice transfer. Uh, Luke Hancock's hitting 346. Somebody was telling me the other day, well, Luke Hancock hadn't improved. Well, Luke Hancock's raised his batting average about uh, 60, 70 points over his career average. He's doing just fine. And then Amani Larry. And the other thing about Hancock, by the way, the guy walks so much. He's walked 16 times. How about this for Amani Larry? We, we've seen over the years, even R.J. Yeager last year transferring in and struggled at the start. Two years ago, one of your most important players down the stretch was Scotty DeBrule, the transfer. And even in SEC play, was sitting down because he wasn't performing at the plate. And I think about those guys because they're second basemen. You've got back-to-back years where second baseman transfers have struggled as they come in. How about Imani Larry, though? This guy is hitting 352. He's got three home runs. He's walked 13 times. He's only struck out four. He's only struck out four times at 54 at bats, fewest strikeouts on the team by far. Uh, I don't, and look, defensively, he's been really good too. So he, to me, is is one of the real stories about where this team is. And how about this? To have a guy at the top of your order is your leadoff guy who gets on base 52% of the time. Man, that's uh, that is something to be really encouraged about as we go forward in the season. Uh, would you? Would you continue to tell fans to temper their, even though this is probably not possible in Mississippi State baseball, 
But with everything you just said, would you recommend them tempering their expectations? Yeah, but I think I, I think I would say it more like adjust expectations. And this goes for college baseball fans across the country. The commitment to college baseball through the SEC, through the South, is unparalleled. And there's a reason that in Major League Baseball, even the greatest teams lose 60-some-odd games a year. It's because it's really hard. And you're playing other teams who get paid to go to the ballpark, too. Other guys who drive nice trucks to the field, right? And so that has changed a lot. If we were to go back into the 70s and 80s, we saw some great baseball. But in many times, the guys across the field weren't as great. Now, it's because, look, let's just face it, there weren't as many schools trying to go in all in on baseball back then as there are now. And that's why you could go 52 and 10 in a year. Those days are long gone. And so sweeps are much, much tougher to come by than they used to be. And those big, obnoxious, gaudy win totals are just hard. Yeah. And there is more parity in baseball, too. How many kids just drive through Jackson this weekend, drive by the parks in Madison and Ridgeland and down Flowood, you're going to see kids playing baseball everywhere. True. The development, the talent, the indoor facilities, the practice facilities where our players can get better in November and December is so much different than it's ever been. And so the point of it being it's, it is a league now where winning two out of three is a really good accomplishment where it used to not necessarily. There aren't any layups anymore the way there used to be. Yeah, fair enough. Well put. Charlie Winfield, SEC Network, um, ESPN Plus, calls a ton of basketball and baseball games, bulldoginitiative.com, and attorney, among other things, joining us on the Out of Bounds Show. Charlie, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Bo. Charlie Winfield on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. I'm pulling my... uh, best Chris Jans impersonation today on a Monday. So good morning. Welcome into you. It is an exciting week with uh, the big dance and, and all the baseball. And then Blake is, you know, going crazy to talk NFL football and whether or not uh, Stephen Jones will do anything in free agency. I doubt it, but Blake can always have hope. You're listening to ESPN 105.9 The Zone. It looks like we'll have Chris Jans at 945 today.